What's up, humans? Welcome to another episode of Studio Insights with us, Bell Vista Studios. We've got Hannah, Victoria, and myself, Kim. This is an opportunity for us to ask each other questions um, and learn from each other and develop skills that we appreciate in the others or just go deeper onto discussions or tasks that we've been doing throughout the week. And yeah, just want to say thank you so much for watching our videos. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for choosing to continuously learn with us. And many of you are like, we've been watching you for like a year and I can't believe that you have the Creator Hub and then you stumble across all the resources that are available there. So go check out the link of this description because there's heaps of resources that are directly from our studio that may help you be better. So go grab whatever will add value to your life. Okay, question time team. Victoria, what is your question? Um, so my question is for you, Kim. Um, I basically want to know when you're planning a task, like one of the key parts of that is thinking about the risks associated with the task and with different parts of the task. Um, but how deep do you go in terms of risks? Um, Hannah and I were working on something recently and we're kind of thinking like there's pretty much an endless list of possible risks we think like thinking about like other companies going out of business like if there's a tool that we want to use like they might go bankrupt or something like there's so much that could happen mm -hmm. but some of it we think is probably not like that valuable to what we're going to work on but do you still need to consider it or not like how deep do you go yeah i believe you need to have a plan around all risks um, because if you don't consider them, you could be at the mercy of that risk happening. Like you're identifying it as a risk and it may play out. So the, the risk is, do you want to face the consequences? And I guess what you're asking around is how deep you go. So you need to have a decision making like process in place to help you decide on how deep you go so for that i'd recommend the ease and impact matrix and you just set the criteria around that so do you want to use an example or do you want to talk at this high level what's going to be the most useful I don't know. I can't think of an example. So maybe just high level. Okay. So if you, the, there, yeah, I guess like there becomes a time when your planning or your risk analysis could take you longer than the task itself is required. So maybe then one of your criteria is the amount of time that may be impacted as a result of the risk. So if it is 10 minutes, one day, or over a day, or if it's a bigger problem that you're trying to solve, um, sorry, that's just reminding me of something else to share, is if it's a bigger problem that you're trying to solve, maybe it's like, like from now until a week, a week until a month, and then a month until a year. And you have to have criteria thinking about the impact of that, right? And then the ease is, if, some, if this risk occurs, how can we recover? What does that look like? And what is our criteria around that? Or it's something small and we'd have to do it again. 
okay, how long would it take us to do it again? 10 minutes, sweet. Let's, if it happens, it happens, we'll deal with it. Because that criteria and that effort to redo something for 10 minutes is not a big deal. But if it's a six month project and that thing plays out, which means that you have to do rework for six months worth of effort and all the resources that went into that, and it's probably not just one person that's impacted, then you might spend longer diving into solving that risk and mitigating that risk. And mitigating just means like, how are you gonna deal with it? And there's like, this is like, probably if you've done health and safety training um, as an instructional designer, you've seen the little matrix, which is, or not the matrix, the hierarchy of how to get rid of risks. And it's like, eliminate the risk. I don't know if this is gonna be the exact correct uh, order, but you can just Google it. So eliminate it, get rid of it completely substitute or swap it in or accept the risk so there's criteria to help you and then you just need to put it in for the parameters of the context of your specific problem that you're solving from there you're basically i guess what else is to consider is how big is the goal and how big is the problem that you're trying to solve if you're working on a project that is one week um, or like only a couple of hundred dollars worth of effort, then you need to really consider how much th that criteria is, um, what do you call it, like relatable to that. But if it's a multi-million dollar project or uh, thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people are impacted, then that helps you decide on the criteria. So I think it's just having decision-making criteria for yourself and then plotting out and completing that risk thing based on that. Mm -hmm. okay. Makes sense. Do you wanna summarize it back? Well, I guess it, like we have kind of talked about that before, but I guess not for that specific part of the task, but mm. just always having decision-making criteria. Cause I think like now that I think of it, when we were um, thinking of all the risks, it was just like an endless thing. And we were sort of like, how do we consider what's important and what's not? Um, so it does just come back to using criteria, which is usually the easy impact thing is <laughs> the best option for that. Yeah, it um, seems to work. Yeah. And you you had your question there, right? Like you were like, we're coming up with all these risks. And then you said, how do I consider which ones we should actually care about? Mm -hmm. And that's maybe where you guys stopped. And yeah. that's actually what you needed to go. Well, how do we? What is our process for that? Mm -hmm. And that's just going yeah. a level deeper. You have yeah. you had a gap or something unknown to you. And it was mm -hmm. taking the time to then go, because that's a new thing that comes in and unknown has arrived. How do yeah. I deal with this unknown? How do I solve that problem? Hmm. Maybe criteria would help us decide which ones we should focus on. Mm. And yeah. that might get close the gap on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's good. At least now we know, like, still think of everything, but you won't actually, like, once we do the decision-making part, against the criteria like we won't actually you don't really need to like fully consider it like it's there but it's in the background if it's not um gonna 
have a big impact. Yeah, exactly. And that's accepting the risk. So there would be certain criteria for accepting it and go, yeah, if it plays out, sweet. So we're not going to go and figure out how we're going to deal if that risk plays out. We'll deal Mm -hmm. with it if it happens, because maybe the occurrence of it happening is one in a million Mm -hmm. or one in 10 or one in three. So then you have different, you deal with it differently. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thanks. That was awesome. Hannah? Okay, so mine is, it is like a sort of a follow-up question to Victoria's. So when we're going through the planning template, this is something else that came out mm. through relevant to the risks and consequences. So we wanted to know that if, sorry, I need to word this correctly. Once you know the risks and consequences, is that a conversation that you have with your stakeholder? Or do you just like keep that to yourself? Like we just wanted to know what do you actually do with the risks and consequences once you know what they are? Yeah, okay. So hold on one second. Can you just summarize the the, uh, planning template for people that don't know because they won't know what this risk and consequences is about? So a planning template helps us plan every task. So basically we have a spot for the task. We um, have a spot for how long the task is going to take us, the date that we're completing the task, um, what the problem is that we're trying to solve. So for every task we have, like, what are we actually trying to solve? Uh, we have a spot for the success statement. So a really clear um, statement of what success would look like in the future if we solved that problem and met the goal. And then we also have assumptions so that any assumptions that we're making that could potentially be impacting the tasks that we're doing, the risks and consequences. So for every action that we take and relevant to the problem and goal, what risks and consequences are there? And then, sorry, yippee. And then we also have the tasks that we need to complete. So yeah, that's basically an overview of what the planning template is, but it helps us to complete our tasks and consider risk consequences, the assumptions we have, what we actually need to do, what success looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So as you're going through that, you're trying to solve a problem and you identify some risks and consequences. And then you're saying, well, what do we do with that? Mm. What? So you've got things that you know. What do you do with the things that you know? Well, I'm thinking Victoria's question helped answer a part of this. Mm. So it's about plotting it and deciding whether you want to like pull apart the risk more. Like if you're happy to accept the risk, you just sort of leave it as it is. But if it is a bigger risk, I guess you'd sort of think up of solutions and sort of prepare for what could happen if that risk took place. Is that right? Mm. So that's one part of it. Mm -hmm. Then another part is I'm thinking like where this has come from as well is like, I know in client meetings, you'll be like doing the risks and consequences in your head. So for the example that you and I did the other day, it might be like, what if I can't get you a Qantas flight? Does that mean that you don't fly at all? Cause that is a risk. Do you actually like find out from the client in that moment? Like I've identified this risk. I need to find out from the client now, if that risk happens, what they would want to do. Sounds like it would be helpful. I just, yeah, I don't know, like, if you, 
because then it's sort of like having a conversation with the client and talking about things that haven't even happened yet. So part of me thinks like, are you just, and that's what Victoria and I were talking about. Well, like, would you be overwhelming the client with all of these risks that isn't, doesn't even reflect reality right now and getting their insight or do you wait till the risk actually happens to speak to them around what they would want to do with it? Mm-hmm. That's where we got a bit stuck. Okay. So using the answer that I gave to the first question, how would you think about this now? How could that support you to do it next time? Only ask them about things that are likely to happen. Mm -hmm. How would you decide that? Like using criteria first to figure out the chances of the different risks happening and only communicate ones that are like highly likely that would have a big impact. Mm. Yeah. So it's like uh, we've got to say 10, 10 risks and 10 potential consequences, or maybe there's like some that are like, this is definitely going to happen. Let's just say half of them are definitely going to happen. The other half, we're not sure. Well, that's time will tell, um, or we need to find out something else. So we need to have criteria. We don't want to overwhelm. And this is the criteria is guided by your intent. Don't overwhelm the stakeholder. So what is the criteria to help them not be overwhelmed? And you go, okay, well, what is a fact that we need a decision on or we need further information or we need to take uh, further action on to deal with this thing? And we identify those things and there'll be a bunch of things that we can go, okay, we're going to talk to the client about these three things because we can't do our job. That's going to impact, I don't know, their organization or a part of another part of another initiative. So we, with our criteria, we're able to decide at this point in time or in a point in time in the future as well that we've determined based on our criteria, we will then go and communicate back with our stakeholder and make a plan around these things. Now, when we progr- that will then implicate implement uh, what is it impact all the other stuff. Things may change. Those things we haven't dealt with yet may be resolved as a result, or they may become a now priority that we're like, okay, based on this new information, that is a high priority, and we can't do anything now unless we deal with that. So it's just having the criteria again. I think what you need to always remember as an instructional designer is that you don't have to have all the answers and that our something like the planning template is a process and we just need to facilitate the process. We need to work through it and that is helping us guide, but doesn't mean we have all the answers. It's just pulling out things like actions or decisions or gaps in our knowledge or more problems that we need to solve. It's facilitating that process for us. And it's our responsibility to go, how do I do something about this? If I, if you think of it at that core level, then it doesn't become as overwhelming. And that's how you can realize, Oh, I just need decision-making criteria in this Mm -hmm. instance that will help me progress. So do you do that, like the planning template and decision-making criteria in meetings with clients? Yes, not formally with them, 
I'm yeah. doing it in my head. So anytime, and I'm only doing it in my head now because I've learned the skill over a few years, mm -hmm. but I, so, but the planning template, I'm doing that in my head for anything that comes up with the project. I'm going, okay, this has been said, how does it help us solve the problem? How does it help us achieve the goal? Are there risks? Are there consequences? What assumptions am I making? Now, what questions do I have about any of that? That one sentence that the client has said. And sometimes you'll see me when I'm facilitating or whatever. I say, hold on one second. I'm just processing this. And I put a pause on it so that I can process. And then I mark down, I have a question about this. I need to follow up. Or, what, or I write down a question for myself. What are the implications of this on the other thing that we're doing? And I'm doing that all the time. Yeah. And it, it's, it just, it is a hard thing to train yourself on. But for me, it helps the solution be more effective. It makes things easier later on in the project. It makes, it refines the problem. It refines the solution like a storyboard or the e-learning or what the solution is going to be like um, or the scenario that we're designing. If we spend the time figuring this all out, the work is done for us. We have all the information in front of us to make informed decisions that help us solve the problem effectively. And sometimes I have to go and do the planning template by myself as well. Mm. And then it will reveal all these things. And then I'm like, well, I've now got a handful of things that I don't know the answer to. Yeah. So I need to set up a meeting with this stakeholder or these stakeholders, or I don't know the answer to this. I'm struggling. Maybe I'm overwhelmed. So I'll call one of you and I'll ask for help because I don't have all the answers, but I know how to seek answers. And that's by asking questions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Cause I just think like in reality for me, I know that, I would probably miss things in the meeting with the client. Absolutely. Even when Victoria and I were focusing on the actual task of coming up with consequences and risks, like it took us a while to be like, what would they actually be? So I can imagine if I'm like facilitating and dealing with lots of other things that things would be missed. So I like that you said, like afterwards, you may go through the template and just see if there's anything else that you hadn't considered Absolutely. relevant to that project and then get back to the client if you need to. Nothing is stuck like mm -hmm. literally you have to be able to adapt and we are constantly adapting you can see you ask one question you think you're going to get one answer but it becomes a discussion mm. because new information is given it's not you asked about risk when do you communicate risks and consequences to your stakeholder but that wasn't actually the problem you were trying to solve now we understand the problem is slightly different mm. Um, and we only know that from a back and forth because always in life and especially, well, not especially, but in our role as instructional designers, new information reveals new context. And we need to understand what does that mean for what we're trying to achieve? Hmm. And that can happen continuously. So if we just go, something's changed. What are the consequences or the risks of this change? I've asked a question, right? Mm. Now, how do I answer that question? 
well, I could consider all the risks of this change. I can consider all the consequences of this change. I've listed them. Now I'm going to ask another question. What do I do about all these risks? Hmm. What do I do about all these risks? Are there any that I can handle? Go through them. Yep. Ticked off some. Done. Sorted. Are there any that I don't need to be concerned about? Mm, yep. Maybe a few. Done. Are there any that I'm like stuck on? Yeah. Okay. I'm stuck on these. Why am I stuck on these? How can I resolve these? What are the actions I can do to resolve each of these? So you see that we're basically just problem solving. Mm. We're asking questions to problem solve and it continuously goes down. Now we've done that for the risks. Do the same thing for the consequences. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Thank you. All good. Cool. Um, okay, my question is, what is a problem that I have that you are aware of, but I am blind to. And if I solved it, something would improve in my life. So many problems. <laughs> How to choose decision one. making matrix or <laughs> criteria to figure out no, which kidding. one. <laughs> I feel like you're very self aware, though. <laughs> something that I am blind to but is so obvious to you and if I just improved it would make my life better could be do you want maybe some parameters might help yeah okay um Communication. Mm. My role in the business, like strategy, leadership, how I undertake my tasks and the work that I do, um, how we operate as a business my my self-awareness <laughs> or lack of in this particular thing relationships happiness I think I have one but I don't know quite how to articulate it but it's something around I feel like you have like a very good <laughs> 
brain in the way, like the way that you think about things and process things in your head and mm-hmm. figure stuff out. And I feel like for me personally, sometimes I can't keep up with what's going on in your head because you do like connect dots very quickly and like you have a brain for figuring those sort of things out and a lot of experience in it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like sometimes I do get overwhelmed when I'm trying to keep up with like where you're at with something. And I'm like, what? Like, where the, I don't know where that came from sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, but I think you also do a very good job of training us and showing us how to think like that. But yeah, I don't know whether it can, because for me, like I learned from like structure and having like some sort of like visual or like seeing what is going through your head. Like you might notice that I like type when you're talking and sometimes you're Mm. like, can you just like listen to what I'm saying? But I'm like, I can't comprehend everything that you're Mm. communicating across. So I'm just wondering whether there's a way that our communication could be improved through and enable me to understand your mind more and how that solves problems Mm. Um, do you have any suggestions that would support i'm thinking maybe like visuals because i know like you're very good at coaching so you'll ask me questions to help me understand but i think sometimes maybe if you could like draw a diagram or just something that's i don't know not like real structure no i'm joking (laughs) I can do stick men. <laughs> so like this is where I started and then I did this and then I did that so I can like see it and process and then understand the concept of that way of thinking a little bit more. But that's just for me personally because I do struggle to like take in lots of information and connect mm-hmm. the dots in my head in the moment. Mm. That's probably mine. Interesting. I was thinking about that when we were doing this particular video actually. It would be awesome if we could yeah like we just don't prep for this so but if we're drawing it yeah and even just showing the planning template rather than just going through the the things because there'll be other people like that okay so mm, it sounds like it is communicating the thought process behind Mm. how i get from a to b yeah Cool. Thank you for sharing. Vic, have you found one? If I can think of anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I agree somewhat with what Hannah said, but at the same time, like I don't know that I'd say like you're blind to that because I think when we have had group discussions where Hannah and I might be like, what the hell? <laughs> what is happening? Right? <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> like I think you know that like you've said before like maybe I'm not communicating it properly or like whatever it is I think like to some extent you do know that already otherwise we would Mm. always be on the same page kind of thing um but yeah I guess there's like it's still something we can all work on I just wouldn't necessarily say like you're blind to it because we all know that we're not always (laughs) on the same page with things (laughs) and it's usually when like if it's when you're trying to teach us something, if Hannah and I like are both struggling, then there is like <laughs> it's on us as like we have some responsibility in that too. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe it is like something to adjust to someone to help us. 
But I don't know if it is like for me, I don't know if it's a visual thing. I just feel like I just don't get things sometimes. <laughs> mm. I don't know what exactly it is that's missing that would help me understand it more, but yeah, I can't think of anything that you don't know of. Yeah. I agree with you, Vic. You're not blind to it, Kim. It's just like trying to figure out ways that we can make it work. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, it depends. I don't know. Everyone's brain works differently. So it's just figuring out what works for you, I guess. But it, mm. sometimes it is. Like I know we the concepts can be simple. It is sometimes personally I find it difficult to fully grasp the concept, even if it is simple. I don't know how to explain it, but it is like very high-level thinking a lot of the time. Mm. Well, yeah, I think I'm, it's kind of like it's simple once you know that, like, yeah. you know, so it's simple and we're like, oh, yeah, that, like, makes sense. But it's like if you're not, like, I would never have got to that simple output kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know. Once you know the answer, it seems simple. But <laughs> figuring it out beforehand, like, Kim knows how to figure it out, but we don't fully. What advice do you have for us, Kim, to better understand concepts that we get confused on? Um, well, if I back it up, what I'm kind of hearing and if I reflect on when that does play out for us, you don't need to know the how. You don't need to know how we've got to the decision. And I think the challenge is, is that you are trying to understand that how. So if we're having a discussion and then I'm basically doing the planning thing in my head and I go from here, hyperspeed to, okay, now we're here, but I haven't communicated that that's all resolved and you actually don't need to know anything between here and here. But right now, clean slate, start again. And maybe that's what it is. Start again. Now we're here. This is the problem or this is the focus that we're on. Pretend nothing in the past has played out. Let's start fresh on this specific thing. And I think that would help us rather than confusion around what you're experiencing would allow you to show up in the role that is required for that particular task or discussion as opposed to like when you think about the roles that we play and in a discussion, we don't always need, what, sorry, we don't all need to be on the same level contributing the same value because then why would we work as a team? Mm. Why we work mm. as a team is to play to each other's strengths. So if my strength is the strategic thinking and problem solving at a higher level, and Hannah, yours is the detail of something which I can't, if I really have to, I'll go there, but I struggle with that particularly. So that's where I go, this is the vision, this is blah, 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 what's going on. And you're like, I don't get that. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't get what you're doing. Brilliant. How complimentary is that? And then Vic mm -hmm. brings her own skills in and you actually connect us in a really nice way. So I think my responsibility is to park on communicate out loud the the end result that I've got to in my head and said we're here now don't worry about the problem solving or the things that we've been focusing on for example 
we're here now let's start fresh now this is what is required of us to work together mm -hmm. potentially that would eliminate confusion and overwhelm or whatever other things mm -hmm. you guys feel how does that suit with you I can see it working in some instances because I think some things you do come to us and it's like you've already done yeah all the problem solving that but it's like what are we doing next or whatever and it's something we're all gonna come up with together so I don't think we need to know the background of it because you'll mm. give us everything we need to know to I don't know brainstorm or whatever it is we want to do mm -hmm. but I kind of my understanding of like other things we've done is that you do want us to get to the point where we can think um strategically yeah and okay problem solve ourselves and all of that so i would yeah. think it's like we do need to know the process like how we're going to do it ourselves ever because okay. i think in some like sometimes you would want us to do it ourselves yeah and you know what's playing out there is like you're developing you're learning mm. these skills mm. but i don't believe that every time you learn the skill or have the opportunity to practice the skill is a time where we need to go into coaching mode. Yeah. We don't have time to coach every single time. And I think that plays out sometimes, you know, where I'm like, I do it. I'm like, cause we might be task driven. We might be working on a client thing and I'm yeah. like, I just got to do this thing to move us forward. Cause we don't have time yeah. for the coaching right now. We're in a project plan. Yeah, so maybe it's communicating that this is not time for coaching or development. We're mm -hmm. in operational mode. And every time that you are, you have the opportunity, it's, you get little taste. Sometimes it's just a little, bring, like even in our discussion earlier, the ease and impact thing. Now we've mm -hmm. talked about that before, but you haven't thought to apply it to this situation. But now we've had the discussion. So next time you'll probably go, I wonder if the ease and impact thing may help here if you remember mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. And if you don't, it'll just, oh, it might go from one of us saying, oh, have you done your ease and impact for that yet? And you go, oh, no, not yet. Okay, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. And then over time that habit grows. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we don't have time to coach. You get little snippets. You get like a little prompt like that or you get an immersive discussion like this or we do something together. So you get lots of opportunities for development, but we are not in full development mode all the time because we are also operating in our roles as employees and we have to deliver certain things. So maybe it's mm. saying this right now is not time for development, but if through you witnessing it or being handed the task to complete the other part of it you need further development park that and let's focus on that in your one-on-one -on -one catch up or in studio insights and maybe it's better clarity around that mm -hmm. and also acceptance that this is a skill when we think of strategic thinking and critical thinking that you're developing so you're not expected to have all the answers and i know that you're learning this. So sometimes in my head, what happens is I go, they're learning it and this is not the right time for them to develop this skill because mm -hmm. something else is a higher priority because I'm using criteria 
to decide, should I dig deeper on this right now in this moment, or should I park this and do it later or in another way? Mm -hmm. And I probably need to communicate that better. Mm, that's a really good, that's a realization for me because I know I will try really hard to like do the strategic thinking and understand and then I get frustrated and overwhelmed and I'm like, I don't know what's happening now, but that's good to know. Like if we just communicate, okay, we don't have time to, for you to learn this in this moment, then I can like switch off and be like, okay, what do you need from me in this moment and deal with that mm. time. Yeah, that's cool. That makes sense. That feels more peaceful for me as well. Because mm. I think that can be a challenge of ours as we're always trying to improve. So we see everything that we do, even I do, even yeah. like in this conversation multiple times, you have reflections of like, improve, be better, da, 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 da. Yeah. And it's like, it's not always possible. Sometimes you just need to deliver value or deliver a task or whatever it is. And you use mm -hmm. your criteria to make that decision in the moment. Yeah. And then move forward with that decision and note down whatever that action is for to follow up later or whatever that might be. Yeah. How does that sit with you, Vic? Yeah. In response to what you brought up. Um, is that like, it makes sense, but I do, I don't know. I kind of feel like we have already done that in some cases like I can picture I can't think of like exact examples but I can picture us at prospect and Hannah saying like asking you a question and you being like you don't need to know that or whatever like you don't need to know that for what we're doing but Hannah and I still like we feel like there's something missing that we do need to know and you don't think we need to know it but we think we need to know it in order to help okay. and that is you say or like you've said like we'll park that for now and just do this but we're still kind of like we don't know how to do this because you've parked that. Like, I think there has been times where there's still like a gap for us, even with you saying, yeah, you okay. don't need to so know then right now. I don't like know if Hannah agrees with me or, or if either, like, <laughs> if that, if you guys agree with that or not. Yeah, but I do. But I think I can if you go into the mindset of being like, drop it and put it to the side. Cause I know for me, I was trying so hard to get it right and I was getting frustrated mm -hmm. and being like, no, like, tell me what it is because I don't understand it now and I get overwhelmed yeah. and I've definitely been in that. But I'm just wondering whether if we say, okay, like, drop it and then do the clean slate thing yeah, and, like, try really hard to not focus on what's just happened in the confusion and just, like, Kim is in a position where she can give us what we need to be able to help her solve a problem. Like, she can facilitate that part of it. Yeah. And I think I can see it working. Like, I'd have to experience it, but... Mm. I see, I know what you mean though, Vic. We've definitely had that experience before where we're like, mm. we can't move forward because we're like stuck yeah. in this. I think what I, like from this, I definitely think I could be better and I'd like the opportunity to execute better on that and prioritize creating space to communicate mm. what we've discussed. And then to follow up with what you've just said there, Vic, I think another extension of that for me is when I say just park it, um, it's not necessarily right now we're pivoting, for example. Um, asking you the question, first of all, you guys asking the question, if you have questions to ask of me, 
before we move forward, but me also asking a question of you in that it's maybe it's something like, how can you feel comfortable to move on with this pivot now? Mm-hmm. And that might help resolve anything mm-hmm. that, so that when we are trying to move on, you're, you're not hanging back here wondering yeah. about whatever that thing is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. I've got some homework. Thank you. Please be patient with me as I learn. You're the one that has to be patient with us. <laughs> <laughs> Doodle heads. We are. Yeah. Yeah, well, I am. I won't speak on your behalf. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually quite intelligent. <laughs> I'm very intelligent. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I think even if you have something now, Vic, that you're like this, I can't compute um, more. <laughs> so I need to just hold on with this particular skill um, and communications approach. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it will be like, we'll have to kind of wait and see and like test it out. Cause it's, it's easy to say like, oh yeah, I won't be confused and I'll be able to move forward. But in the moment, <laughs> until I'm actually confused, like it's hard to know. But I think the questions should hopefully help and be like a yeah. reminder for us. Mm. But we'll wait and see. Yeah. And I feel fully like <laughs> equipped to know your confusion faces. So yeah, <laughs> in future, I won't just be like, mm-hmm, I'm looking, I'm seeing that micro expression of confusion. I will actually, yeah. Well, I think oh, you are good. I'll think use my like... criteria to decide on whether yeah. I want to <laughs> yeah. unravel that confusion or not. But I think it's good. I feel like we are always open if we don't understand stuff. Like none of us pretend, well, Hannah and I, you're not usually confused, but like, I don't think Hannah and I like pretend to understand stuff. Like we'll ask questions and say yeah. if we're like not comfortable with something, which Definitely. should also help. Very important. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That is an amazing kind of quality of our team is to say, I don't understand or that's not mm-hmm. making sense or help me understand better. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really cool. Okay. I would like to park this now as I have the actions as committed to experiment with. And with your permission, I will now experiment. Cool. All right. Thanks, team. Thanks, everyone, for watching another episode of Studio Insights. If this has added value to you, please share it with another person another instructional designer so they can be a better instructional designer just like you and create better solutions and then create better humans that create better humans that create a better world thanks for choosing to learn with us what's up awesome human thank you thank you thank you on behalf of myself and the Belvista studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us we really appreciate it If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us. Basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz could I be a better instructional designer that has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating, the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, aren't we cute? That's us. Um, But we've got 
the coaching courses freebies give us gratitude and also we've got some templates and basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design instructional design and e-learning so a human-centered design focus is very much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio so putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs so there's the human-centered design stuff and then we've also got the business stuff so this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world so go check it out the link is in the description you can check out everything that is available for you thank you for choosing to learn with us continuously invest in your skills you will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans, that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.